Yes, sir. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Driven Minds. I'm your host, Franz Bowen. This is uh, your boy, Travis Weeks. And uh, we have a very special guest this afternoon, or evening, rather. Uh, our special guest is Keenan Beasley. Hello, uh, hello, hello. He is the uh, co-founder of Black Box uh, Marketing Group, as well as a frequent contributor to uh, Forbes uh, Business Magazine. Oh, welcome, Keenan. Thank a couple you. things, actually. So I was having you on to say more about what you do and whatnot for yeah. Black Box and other things you want to do. I'm, I'm a true serial entrepreneur, I think, you know, representative of our, our generation, um, kind of the new breed of doing things, but I'm always marketing focused. So, um, yeah, I run a marketing agency. Um, really, it's a hybrid, man. It's a hybrid agency. So we, we, we've changed the game a little bit, disrupted the agency model where I've actually collapsed analytics, strategy, and creative services. So it's a completely different field, different vibe, um, different financial model. All of that has changed. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, so then I write for Forbes and, and CNBC. Um, again, that's focused all on really the millennial mindset and the changing landscape of marketing today, um, which is what I'm focused on. So. That's pretty dope. Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to backtrack a little bit. So uh, let's let's start off because when we when we uh, spoke on the phone, you mentioned that you are a, a West Point graduate, yep. a very prestigious uh, military school here in New York. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Yeah, I mean, uh, so West Point, I mean, it's it's an Army academy. So uh, about fifty thousand applicants takes congressional or presidential um, nomination to get in. Um, I got I was fortunate enough to get a presidential nomination. Uh, back back then, so which uh, commander in chief was that? That was Clinton. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I'm, gonna, I'm on, the, on the tip of the, of the uh, <laughs> millennial millennial group. So yeah, we gotta go back go back to that. But yeah, um, you know, I got that. I played football there um, for three years. Got hurt, um, so I didn't play my senior year. But um, yes, yeah, it's, it's just an intensive, regimented organization. But I think. Um, what people really don't realize is the uh, the academic credit that it actually gets. So it's the number one engineering school mm. um, as well. So a lot of uh, great training. Everyone walks out of there with an engineering degree. I picked up um, a major in law and systems engineering. So um, that was kind of why people were like, how do you go from West Point? Yeah, I've always worked both sides of my brain. So, um, you know, that's just kind of been in me. It's similar to my business partner. She's actually a West Point grad too. So, okay. And played basketball. So we both kind of... Uh, did that piece, but yeah, no, I'm proud of that one. Number one public school in the in the country, so oh, it's always man. good that we keep that one going. That's amazing. And, and fast forward a little bit, so you're you're out of school, yep. um, and and you're trying to figure out, you know, law or engineering, yep. and then you end up in marketing. How does that? Yeah, how does that transition? Yeah, so I, I actually well, I wanted to go to law school, but then I was like, look, I need some money, uh, so I started working. So I actually did engineering first. Um, some I don't really talk about, but I was actually designing the electrical systems for a Navy destroyer that actually mm. just launched. Wow. So this was 10 years ago. Was this, this doesn't happen to be the one that was on all over CNN. It that doesn't not, work. It was not, it was not, not that one. <laughs> um, no, I'm not, I'm not claiming that one. No, um, but yeah, this was, you know, I was part of the team that was doing that. So that was a long time ago. Um, from there, I actually just knew I wasn't an engineer. It just wasn't my thing. So I jumped over into uh, Procter & Gamble. Mm. They're known for recruiting a lot of uh, West Point grads, 
Um, and just by from an age standpoint, right, P&G is a promote from within. So you start at the bottom no matter what. Right. Um, so it was easy for me to jump over there and kind of be at the bottom. I uh, started in a purchasing organization. They then asked me to move over into marketing because they just saw how I thought about, you know, the business and the work stream. Right. So that's how I really got pulled in. So was it like a... As soon as you got into it, did you know you loved it, or you always knew you had an affinity for it previously? I, I pretty much knew I loved it from day one. Um, you know, the, the, the fortunate thing for me is the, well, he ended up being the CEO. He was president at the time of, of PNG. He was a West Point grad, and so he became my mentor. Oh, wow. And so what he did is he had me meeting with all of the functions within the company, um, and it's why I'm such a big proponent of, of mentorship and, and what that does for people, right? He took somebody like me and, you know, put, him, put me under his wing. Wow. And gave me a lot of exposure to a lot of the functions in the company. So marketing was just so natural for me. Um, and so he challenged me, you know, every step of the way. So my first marketing role, I was on Tide. You know, it was the biggest brand in the company. Wow. You know, three and a half billion dollar business, $250 million marketing spend. And they're like, let's see what you got, kids. You know, um, but, you know, when you do a brand like that, you get so much exposure across the types of marketing. So, you know, digital and social is pretty new. Um, so I got touching that. Yeah, so you know, getting to touch that in the early stages really, really helped because you get you, your hands dirty. That's interesting. So how do you uh, transition a legacy brand like Tide yeah. to the social? I mean, obviously everybody watches yeah. clothes, right? Yeah. But how how talk about that kind of uh, you know maneuvering? Yeah. I, I think it, it's it's actually much easier than than people realize. I think the problem today is, and it's something that I'll probably be writing about next is that we've become tactical marketers instead of strategic and conceptual marketers, mm -hmm. right? So people are allowing the media vehicle to drive how you actually operate and drive the campaign. Right. Really, when you take a brand, right, it's about building a proper equity. There's really no better equity than Tide, right? right? Tide's known as the best cleaning, you know, yeah. <laughs> detergent ever, right, <laughs> uh, to this day. So they have that strong heritage. And then it's about building, you know, really... Uh, broad enough campaigns that can live in multiple spaces, right? They should be able to live in TV. They should be able to live digitally. So um, that's just the strength of the brand. So it really wasn't difficult to transition it. You really just want to keep it authentic and make sure that you're doing slight tweaks to fit the medium. Right. Um, but at, I'm, I'm assuming, too, at that point, though, when you were doing marketing for Tide, it was yeah. more, it's probably more like print marketing, TV marketing, right? A lot of traditional stuff. A lot of print. We were doing a lot of experiential. So, so I'm a big cause marketing guy, so we had that. Got Tide it, got loads it. of hope. Mm. Um, so that was like you know coming off of Katrina that was when we oh, went down wow. there and started washing the clothes down there so I'm, I'm big into that I'm, a, I'm just a, a classical equity type marketer um, mm. but yeah that was that's legacy tied for sure you know they got their you know their kind of heyday back in soap operas right that's right, what right, they right. called soap operas that was you know P&G selling soap on, on, those, oh, okay. on those programs so that's right, where that right, comes right. from um, but yeah so that's that's the, the legacy and the heritage of it but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, when I came on the business, it was really pushing them into more digital, more social, and then extending the experiential marketing piece. Right. Gotcha. So, you know, we jumped in, man. I, I, I got us doing an Essence Music Festival back then. You wow. know, And that so, was the first thing. So that was crazy. You can come apart with, like, the event production, or was it like... Well, you hire event marketing groups, right. you know, when you're running the brand on that side. Um, this is all third-party, dude. Doesn't ex this doesn't exist in... PNG. No, no, you don't. Yeah, so PNG doesn't have an in-house marketing group. Okay. Yeah, so they always hire external agencies. Um, but that was as, a great move for the essence, though. Yeah, it was. It was clutch, you know. And I mean, it built some great relationships that I have, you know, now with with Michelle and, and her husband and that whole team. So you know, it's a, okay. That was a 
you know, something that was great. I mean, I did my first startup with, you know, Michelle's husband. Uh, oh, wow. You know, back in 2012. Wow. Uh, so, you know, you, you build those relationships. And I think when you work on those businesses, right, you're able to build quality relationships with agencies and then learn. And I think it's always about staying humble enough to learn from those experts in those different fields, right? Because right? when you're a brand marketer, you're a generalist, right? You just kind of like a captain of a ship. You just need to make sure you can, <laughs> you can steer it, you know what I mean? But you don't know how everything works. But what you want to do is, yeah, you want to learn from those folks, you know what I mean? And same thing as in the military. You know, it's exactly what our soldiers do. You got people that are leading groups, but they have functional Absolutely. experts. And all these moving parts that go on. There you go. So you cut your teeth at P&G and then you yeah. end up at L'Oreal to be the youngest VP? Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Cool. Uh, Talk about that, right? Well, that was, so I, you know, there was a company in between, which was Reckitt, which was probably, you know, one of the better companies I worked for. Mm. Um, just in structurally how they run their business. They got a really sound operating model and they have, I think, a little bit more focus on the financials. Um, so you learn how to truly run a business from a P&L standpoint, top to bottom. Mm. Um, so that made me a much better I think overall marketer. That was great um, experience. Yeah, no, that was crazy. So I think that's what allowed me to be, you know, the youngest, you know, marketing VP mm-hmm. at L'Oreal. So um, yeah, that process was was tough. You know, just from an age and tenure standpoint, you know, there were a lot of exceptions made, you know, from the CEO and CMO to get me in that group. But um, yeah, it was good timing. I think you know what was unfortunate is my time was cut so short there purely because you know I had another startup and it. It actually took off, and I was like, "You gotta, you gotta make a call." Um, wow. And I think that's something that I tell every entrepreneur. You know, it's like you at a certain point, point you, you gotta, gotta it's the fork in you the gotta road. focus. You gotta focus. You can't do it all. You can't balance. Yeah, and, you know, it was time to give one hundred percent on you know on my ideas and, and my stuff. Um, mm-hmm. They split that time, so absolutely. You know, it was cut short. I was like, "All right, guys, right. talk to you later." So, I'm, like, so your experience there probably was you definitely started cultivating new ideas and stuff you used to can do for yourself and this stuff yeah. probably it was pro- I'm assuming there's probably ways that you felt like the companies you worked for at that time could um could market to a certain demographic but maybe they weren't like they were a little bit scared to do it or they were a little apprehensive to make certain marketing choices that I found working with a couple you know corporations there they're a little nervous in making certain choices to reach um the millennial generation or reach a younger younger generation. Yeah, I think there's, you know, there's entrepreneurs that are inventors, right, that just come up with stuff, which, hey, that's awesome. I don't think that's, per se, me, I'm more of an opportunistic person, right? Mm. So I look at white space, um, and that's why I say I'm just a true marketer, because that's what you really are doing with marketing, right? You you innovate against the white space, so you see an unmet need, and you want to fill that void, right? That's mm. what great brands do, um, and I think that's what allowed me to start the agency. So the unmet need was... You know, you had legacy brands that were great products, but were struggling to reach younger consumers because mm. they couldn't relate, right? The world had, had, had changed so quickly, right. and they were like, what What do we do? How do we position it, right? Where you guys this culture just, is coming up. Yeah, right. Where is this culture, right? It's no longer multicultural where, you know, you need an African-American agency. You actually just need an agency that can deal with young people that are actually just diverse, mm. right? So, you know, 42% of millennials are, are minorities, so that is something that's completely new to a classical or older generation type marketer. Right. Um, so I saw that as just opportunity. You know, there was another shift that took place in, in, in the market, which was on the data side. And that's what people kind of overlooked. And I think while, you know, we've been so successful at Black Box, 
is big data kind of came out, right? The world was now being able to look yeah. at and read all these analytics on everything. So much data, right? There was right. so much information and as online world picks up, mm-hmm. I can now read everything, right? Mm-hmm. I got five thousand data points on every consumer on the planet. Mm-hmm. What do you do with all that? Right. right. So people were having this analysis paralysis piece. Um, and so they were creating dashboards, but they weren't creating action or, or enabling decision making. Right. So that was where I said, Okay, if I look at our analytics platform, I can take data and analytics and map it against the operating model of a business, which is how they make decisions, right? Which is how they go throughout the year. That's how we match our stack. That's why we're fully stacked. Um, So those are two things that were just white space where it was like, okay, let's roll. Like that's That's easy. So Um, you were able to read exactly, okay, if you have all this information on your consumer, their buying and spending habits, what what they like, what they don't know, you're able to read, read that and translate that into a marketing a strategy to reach them. Yep. Wow. Because, you know, you're looking at products that people ultimately need, right? Um, so that's why CBG is, is interesting, right? Like, everybody washes their clothes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody brushes their teeth. Mm-hmm. It's just, why are they using your product versus somebody else? Yeah. So that's the positioning thing, right? And how you how you tweak the, you know, the, the, the points of difference on the brand or how you position yourself against um, competitors. I think when you're taking some of these other things that are more lifestyle products, well, what it means is you need to understand what people want, right? What makes them tick, what makes them feel good, what, you know, concerns them. Um, and that's what you're trying to understand. And that may be a little bit different for uh, a millennial versus somebody that might be 45, 50 plus. Absolutely. Right? Um, you know, you look at us, we value experiences, right? Right. So um, you got to give people something that's a, a worthy experience. But then we also have an appetite for a lot of content. Right and and entertainment. Big right? appetite. We can we can digest it a lot. So you got to give people a little bit more. Right. Than Probably like, in any other generation as far as how we consume content. Oh my sure. god! BuzzFeed is dropping a you know a piece of content every five hours, less than that. Probably well, an hour. You know, real quick. I mean, we'll sit there and binge watch a whole season in a, in a week. We want we want the next season, right? Yeah, so. And I think that's that's what's cool about what's happening in marketing today is you know, and I'm 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 probably gonna stop saying that we are a a, a millennial marketing, you know, agency. It's probably shifted more of we're just a marketing agency built for today's landscape. Because it. it's it's really that millennial mindset is shaping all consumers, all marketing. Mm-hmm. So we're really just the leaders, man. That that's what it is. The the baton is passed, you know. I think you're seeing the youth is is taking control of not only culture, but, you know, consumption trends and, and, and habits. Right. And that's just the new way. So, you know, a lot of these older agencies aren't going to make it. Right. That's, yeah. I was going to ask that too. Okay, are brands, do you feel like since you're in the, in the corporate world, are these brands adapting? Do you feel like they're adapting fast enough? Or? I think some are. I think some are. Um, but when you come talk to you, they look at Well, I, you know, some, some are doing it, but I think the reality is, is if you look at the numbers, right, um, 90% of brands, of the top brands in, in the world today are spending more but losing share, mm. right, and, and losing revenue. So hmm. uh, marketing is extremely inefficient. Why do you um, suspect that is? I think a lot of it is people are chasing shiny objects, right, and that's why I say what's wrong with marketing is people uh, are so tactical. You one of your articles. Yeah, they're, they're, so, they're so focused on the tactic instead of focused on what their positioning is, um, and I think that's the, the miss, right? You want to hire an agency that has great thinking and a deep understanding of the consumer you're trying to reach right. um, so that you can achieve those business goals. You don't want to hire uh, an agency that's just great at social right. or just great at 
experiential or putting on events right, or right. just you know whatever the latest thing Snapchat whatever because that's dumb right that's a tactic right that has nothing to do with the the thinking behind the business and understanding how you can actually drive real substantial value for your brand mm. um, and I think that's the miss that marketers are doing they're caught up in a lot of these articles um, and trying to stay with trends um, yeah. instead oh, of actually sense. following the people right. right don't follow the tactics follow they the people they follow the apps and not the actual Right, right, right. So, in in to piggyback off your point just now, so is black box uh, more of a, uh, uh, a a medley of all of those things that you just mentioned for like the social to the you know event to we're a solutions agency, plain mm-hmm. plain and simple, right? Um, we will be whatever the brand needs us to be in order to grow, mm-hmm. right? So we approach our clients like a consultant would. Right. I don't know the answers before I get underneath the business. Um, and I think that's foolish to say that. Because if I'm a social agency, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to say you need social. Yeah. No matter what. You know, <laughs> I'm like, man, we got to get your followers up. Yeah. We got to do all that. Like, it's, it's, it's time. You know, your Instagram sucks. That's, that's, that's not really it, right? I need to understand what's actually driving the business. What are the key performance indicators that are moving you forward? Right? That's right. causing you to go up or down. That's creating events and consumer trends. Once I figure that out, Right, then I can come up with a great campaign, and then it's based on budget, ROI, timing, right, on what tactic then I give you. Okay. So sometimes it's social, sometimes it's some other shit. Just to scale back a little bit, how long does it take or, or how long do you need to assess a, a business or a brand, you know, to watch it and to be able to be like, all right, this is what you need? It really it depends on how much data I actually have. So, you know, if the brand has enough historicals, right, I, I would love to get my hands on three-year historical data on every business. Mm-hmm. If I have that, we can pretty much model it and, you know, over the course of a month and come up with a pretty good strategy. It doesn't take that long when you have that much data. Um, you know, and, and the good thing is, is that now because the cost of content, right, and the cost of some of these tactics are so down, you can iterate right you're just launching and learning launching and learning you're improving so it's it's more of a process you don't need to perfect it so much because you know there's very few brands that are doing the big million dollar tv shoots right right i can knock out your social i can knock out some digital campaigns or some online video in a really you know kind of guerrilla way right and let's see what's working measure measure improve measure measure improve measure measure improve right. so that's really how we like to approach a lot of the engagement so um yeah, I like to start seeing results, you know, on a business and making some changes in the first 60 days. That's always my mm. goal. Wow. Do you usually promise a shorter time period? Cause, or do you need, like, almost a quarter to be able to, like, all right, hey, this needs to... Because what do you see first? Like, do you see, all right, the social start to respond first and then it translate to, well, you know, we the have, dollar amount? Well, or we have is predictive kind of like analytics, a, right? So it, with, with predictive analytics, I can look at a series of, of events and predict their business usually 14 to 60 days out mm. if I have enough of their data. So you, you pretty much know it. I mean, a lot of my clients, I'm, I'm predicting an 80, 80-85% accuracy on their sales growth. Um, wow. And so I, I'm already cheating the system, right? With, that's what the analytics tool is doing. So, you know, think of it. I, I like to tell people I'm engineering virality on Mm. Right, it, it's a different way than letting it be accidental. So I usually we already know. Uh, I know when the results are coming. And then it's kind of just watching, like, yeah, well, we were right, <laughs> you know. Um, so it's 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 pretty straightforward and, and, and pretty quick. But yeah, I mean, it you know we look at offline and online stuff. So I mean, it, it depends. It depends what they need. It depends on the business. I have a, um, 
a great question for, for our audience too. Yeah. I, I deal with, um, we've, we've also had Driven Society, we've created our network with um, yeah. of influencers, of people who, you know, who carry weight in the culture and people who Congratulations, absolutely, absolutely. And so, a good friend of mine, Rashad Drakeford, he um, runs a continental girl. Oh, I don't know he put up a status on Facebook. He says, some kid came up to him and said, introduce himself as, hey, I'm this person and I'm an influencer, right? So my question to you, and Rashad, well, he didn't like that. My question to you, is that a real thing? Since you know the new landscape of marketing, of, of creative marketing now, is that a real thing? Can somebody now say, hey, this is my occupation, I'm an influencer? Absolutely. I mean, they're making money off of it. My wow. ex-girlfriend will tell you that one. I wow. mean, she, really? she's, made, <laughs> she's made some good money off being an influencer. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's real. But I think, you know, influencers are such like this, this new word, but really it's word of mouth marketing. Right, it's today's PR. I mean, it ain't nothing new. It's been right, it's been in marketing for forever. It's just now we have platforms where we can scale it. Right um, now, you don't have to go to school for it. now. It's like you just have to build it. Well, not that you have to go to school for it, but now you can actually reach a huge audience just based off of personality. Right, more people can actually touch you. We're more accessible now. Right. Um, so I think influencer marketing should be in every marketing plan for every business. Really, for um for black for black blocks, is that something you guys need? absolutely. I put influencers on almost every campaign. If, even if we don't run it, I tell them that they should do it. Wow. Um, because I just, I, I believe in it. I think it's extremely inexpensive. And I say, why not, right? It's an amplification tool. But I think people do influencer marketing, you know, incorrectly. Um, so I think, you know, if for somebody to come up and say, I'm an influencer, I respect that. Um, then I want to ask them how they actually shape their craft. Sure. So if you're going to tell me you're an influencer, then I'm going to ask you to tell me about your audience. Sure. Tell me what are they like. How do you influence them? You know, what is it that they're drawn to? Um, a, a, a good influencer, especially with a large following base, they know. They can tell you all the time. They know what's going to perform well before they post it. Uh, those are the ones that you want because they've built consistency over time and they've built equity, um, you know, with an audience. And that's what a brand, that's what you're tapping into. Um, so really what you want to do is influence the influencer. That's what brands are missing. You know, you don't want to dictate to an influencer what to do. Think about it like if I have a creative director in the room, I'm not going to tell him what to do. I'm going to give him a brief. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to let him bring it to life in a way that he thinks can reach that audience. Same thing with influencer. Give him a brief. Give him an experience. Then allow them to tell that story in a way that works for them. Yeah. Same, same stuff. So you hear that, everybody? It's a real thing. You can really grind, build you can, your following, and make money. You can make good money. Um, you can make really, really good money. I think, you know, what, what influencers need to do is, is ensure that they don't commoditize themselves. You know, move away from, you know, getting paid per post, which is what a lot of companies are trying to do, and that's based on how big your audience is, blah, blah, blah. What you want to do is build relationships with those brands. Be a brand ambassador. Take it a step up, you know what I mean? Like, don't be an influencer for 50 brands. Be a brand ambassador for three. That's how you get paid. Right. You know, then you're not getting $150 a post. You get five grand a month. Mm-hmm. It's a different revenue model. Let's find ways to really get, you know, get, get that money. Um, so, right. Now, culture now, right? Culture is big from hip hop to art, uh, to front, to art curator. Um, how are brands using culture now to reach their audience? And is it important for them to tap into culture? Because it's important. You don't want to be um, um, not authentic, right? Because most audiences could feel that. 
Um, do you, for your clients, do you tell them that you need to tap into this part of culture or you need to tap into this community? Absolutely, but I think, you know, it's a hard thing for brands, and, and I get it because I've sat in their, in their seats. To tap into culture, what, what you're really doing is you have to realize that it's not about you as a brand, and that is oftentimes difficult when they're putting up money. Yeah, right? yeah, they yeah. want it to be about them. So, you know, I, uh, you, you, you try to convince them, but it's always a process. It's always a process. So, yes, I try to, you know, um, get the brands that I work with involved in culture. Um, but a lot of times what they're doing is they're hiring us to keep them connected to culture. Mm-hmm. We're their conduit, right? So as we're bringing things to life in them, it's still culturally relevant, right? They don't want to be left behind is, is what it is because culture is moving faster than these brands can operate so they need that you know that medium right they need somebody to be that bridge and that's what you know a good agency or a good influencer you know is doing for the brand right right we're closer to the culture so um, I think what that allows brands to do is if they trust you they know that there's going to be some things that you'll do that they just won't understand they won't get Mm -hmm. right I mean I had a good conversation with with Coltrane Coltrane runs uh, Team Epiphany right uh, another really good agency, smart, smart guy. Um, you know, and he'll do things like Chinese New Year for Hennessy. And the brand's like, what? <laughs> we, don't, we don't get it. And he's like, you're not supposed to get it. It's not for you. I didn't do this event for you. I did it for, you know, for culture and for the consumers. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, a lot of us are trying to educate these brands on. But yeah, it's, it's, it's real. It's are there any uh, verticals that, from, from a, you know, uh, marketing standpoint that are that you wouldn't touch um, that, that you that might not have a, a connection or a possibility of a connection I mean you know true PR I don't touch right because a lot of time and, and I don't and when I say I don't touch it I don't trust it in, in, in the traditional way um, because a lot of it is crisis management I'll do that with an analytical tool mm. but I don't want to sit there and do all the outreach right that's just not what my team is built for um, not something we're interested in doing. Um, you mean crisis like it's very reactive? Yeah, it's very reactive, okay. right? Which which tends to be the problem, right? So I, I don't like doing stuff like that, right? I'm I'm more into changing and influencing behavior, right? Mm. Is is the type of marketing that we like to do? Um, so anything that's so reactive, I'm like, eh, I'm I'm less I'm less excited by it. Um, so yeah, we we tend not to do that work, but. Other than that, man, I mean, we, we touch a lot. I mean, actually, my data scientist right now is in class um, and, and finalizing how to uh, build apps, right? So he's working on Android, iOS, um, you know, in, in full JavaScript. So he is getting extremely dangerous. So we're about to get in the app business. <laughs> you know, um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not scared to touch, touch anything as long as I can manage the, you know, proper margins. Right. So do you find, um, like, it's obvious even, like, the speaker that you're very knowledgeable and you could tell you, definitely love what you do how important is that for you do you feel is that to succeed in you know, as far as an entrepreneur somebody who wants to who's a marketer influencer event manager how the love for it and what is needed to take it to the next level as you have what do you feel is needed i think what you need to understand and, and be passionate about is the why you know behind it so you can you can love the activity but for me, it's more of, I wouldn't say that I love marketing. I think I naturally think like a marketing, uh, you know, individual. But what, what I love is the opportunity that I can create in, in influencing behavior, 
right? So that's what I, I love. So I think people just got to figure out the why behind a lot of the stuff. And, and for me, I'm always focused on, you got to understand an exit uh, because nothing really lasts forever. Right? So okay. I think you plan, you plan for that and you should always have a clear exit plan. So, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, as you're creating a business, one, you need to create value. You need to understand your why. But then you need to have a clear understanding of your exit. Um, and know when it's time to exit. Right, right. <laughs> right? Don't hang on too long because a lot of cats miss their window. True. Um, so that's, that's a really important <laughs> thing. Don't, athletes, a lot. Yeah, don't miss your window. Don't yeah. miss your window. Um, but no, I, I think that's, you know, I keep it probably as simple as that. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say I'd love, you know, Marketing, I, I'm like, I love my family. Right. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> you take care of yeah, right, 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 right. I love, I love people. Um, but marketing is, is a way that I've been able to connect with more people. So it's it's happening. Got it. Got it. Got Sounds great. One last question. Um, in the next uh, uh, second half of the year, yeah, uh, are there any uh, things that we can expect to see from Black Box or uh, even in your written? Um, Post are, are there some topics that you're going to be covering soon? Well, even yeah. startups Yeah, I mean, I'm 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 definitely going to push a little bit harder on on some of the articles, so we're going to get a little bit more controversial um, yeah. in some things. I think it's time to, to shake some stuff up a little bit more. Yeah, because um, even even though you were talking about like uh, just how antiquated things are and how all these yeah. marketing companies are losing money, real quick, yeah. since you 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 are a, a, a army graduate, yep. Yeah. What is your um, opinion of the way that the military markets? Well, uh, obviously, I think it could be better simply because I'm, I'm involved in that pitch right now. So <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't speak too much on that. Right. But yeah, there's a lot of things that can be done. Um, but it's not, it's not terrible. I think they, they've been effective. We're seeing recruitment, you know, hold. So statistically, I think they're doing well. Um, but I think it could be a bit more engaging and we could tell the story a little bit different. Mm. Um, because I think the benefits of the military are not um, breaking through to, I think, our generation uh, as well as it, as it should. You know, even if I look at the awareness of West Point, it's dropped drastically, right? There's no longer a draft, so people don't even get exposure to West Point grads right. and have no idea what these, you know, these guys are doing. Um, right. You know, the CFO of Twitter is a West Point grad. You know, right. former wow. C, you know, CEO of PNG. People don't realize that. The founder of AOL, West Point grad. You know, people don't understand that these guys are influencing and, and doing a lot of things. So, yeah, I think it could be better. I think it could definitely be better. Um, but, yeah, but back to, to, you know, over the next couple months, I mean, I'm finishing some, some fundraising. So, you know, that's always takes a lot of time. Uh, you know, from there, we'll quickly go into the next phase. So we're doing our, our 3DI um, analytics platform, so that'll be launching probably in November. Um, which and this is, is going to be marketed to businesses so they can yeah, keep more, track of more to businesses. Yeah. I have uh, Black Box TV will launch Q1, uh, nice. uh, which is a social TV platform, so be on the lookout for that one. So that's that's going into media a little bit. I'm, I'm, a t- I'm touching a lot of stuff, man. I told you I'm not scared. Um, I like that. So that's coming, and then you know we're working on a, uh, a space, so I'm really looking at running a, a speakeasy and, and private lounge piece, you know, kind of a, uh, a different Soho type of, of vibe that's actually built for our generation is a bit more culturally in touch Love and it. I think more authentic. Um, so I want to do that, but there's going to be a lot of brand integration and, and connection. So that's why it's all funneling out of, out of Black Box. So that'll be called Black Ops. 
Nice. You know, coming coming oh, soon. Man. Looking so, forward to that. Yeah, Definitely. we got we got some stuff coming. So, <laughs> stuff yeah, yeah. We're we not we're not playing games. I told you, I'm not playing games out here. Nice. Oh man, <laughs> dope name. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Uh, Kian, we want to thank you for your time Absolutely. and, and sharing this information with us. Um, can you tell them where they can find you on social? Yeah, you can You can catch my I mean, it's just Kian Beasley, so you can you can look that up. That's that's real easy, or you can send me an email. It's uh, Keenan at We Are Black Box. Um, I usually answer within 24 hours, so you know, go ahead, shoot me a note. Nice. I'll do the best I can. Oh, <laughs> thank you for coming. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. Congrats, man. Congrats on what you guys are doing. So, uh, big ups to you guys on, on, on all of that. So, let's keep it going. Keep thank building. You. Absolutely. This was another episode of Driven Minds. Yes, and never give up. You're always one work away from your masterpiece. You already stay driven. <laughs>